You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Hey, welcome to your Friday edition. It's Matt, Lars, Wyatt, Noah. The gang is all on board because the stories are just breaking. And, of course, the search continues for a replacement for Nick Saban. It's tough to say replacement because I just don't think you can. But right now, it appears that Kalen DeBoer out of Washington is the leader. But, uh, you know, there are other names that are surfacing. And then, again, Lars, there are other names that are falling off the list. And that's what I understand the case is with Mike Norvell, that uh, he has agreed, in fact, may have signed a new $10 million a year contract at Florida State. Personally, he was kind of my leader, but doesn't look like that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Alabama now, uh, according to multiple sources, they're really down to Kalen DeBoer uh, is their their primary target. And we are just uh, one uh, unfinished slash I'm staying tweet away from him from the Alabama coaching search becoming uh, a little bit insane. Uh, because all of the top targets apparently are uh, opting to stay where they are. And it makes sense because we know historically how hard it is to follow a legend. It's very, very difficult. And the, uh, the comparisons, you just uh, you can't emerge from that shadow. And, uh, you know, Lane Kiffin has essentially said no. Um, uh, Steve Sarkeesian... Uh, really everybody that Alabama was first targeting, Dan Lanning, all these guys have uh, used the Alabama offer to leverage, uh, uh, create leverage for themselves and and get better deals at their school. Um, and uh, Florida State coach just came out and said, you know, Norvell, he's staying as well. So <laughs> that initial list, Matt, is down to one. And, but I wonder, too, because of the absolute Category 5 disaster of Brian Harson at Alabama coming from the West Coast, coming from the Pacific Northwest, I, I mean, would, would Alabama fans be hesitant to bring a guy in uh, who is – he? I, I really like him a lot, Kalen DeBoer. Uh, you know, my parents grew up in South Dakota – He's a South Dakota native. He had great success at Sioux Falls uh, and has absolutely transformed or uh, transformed Washington, excuse me, in two years. He took a four and eight team two years ago, essentially the same players except for uh, Michael Penix got them to the national championship game He's in a 25 very five and three at Washington. Yeah. I mean, the, he is a uh, national championships at Sioux Falls. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a good coach. And, yeah, he is. It, it's a, he's a good just, coach. You just wonder and, about the South deal, you know? Yes, uh, you do. Being SEC and, and but, the recruiting. But I know, I know people from South Dakota, right? I know what they're made of, and uh, and I think he could actually fit pretty well in this culture. But again, you're going from Seattle to Tuscaloosa. And there's a lot going on in Seattle, right? A lot going on. In Tuscaloosa, there's basically one thing going on, and that's True Alabama that. football. I mean, yes, we love Alabama basketball. Don't get me wrong. But uh, at the end of the day, this is, a, this is a football town. It's a football state, football culture. 
and uh, it is, uh, you know, it'd be a shock to the system. But, um, you know, I, I know Jimmy Sexton is uh, in, in Tuscaloosa, or at least he was yesterday. I'm assuming he's still there now. But um, is it safe to say that the coaching search hasn't gone as we thought? Or, or is it the fact that Nick Saban and... Uh, and 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 Greg Byrne, they've had their guy all along, and they're just not saying anything. Because it, it certainly appears that each of these coaches, one by one in a row, are you know using social media to basically stay say I'm staying, and they're not all doing it at the same time. And so one would then deduce from that, that that Greg Byrne is just going down the list and talking to uh, as many people as he can. And and then they make it public. Uh, at least we think that, hey, the reason Lane Kiffin or, uh, or uh, you know, any of these guys are saying that they're saying is because they've been contacted by Greg Byrne. But we don't have any real proof of that, right? No. Uh, are these guys just still on the periphery, or are they being considered? Is, is Prime a, a candidate? D'Amico no. Ryans? Is it the NFL? That's just going to be right in the way? What about Dabo Sweeney? I don't no. think Dabo's going anywhere. I mean, I think it's DeBoer right now. I'm not, uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm not as comfortable with that decision. But who's left, you know? And you're talking Tommy about Reese. following a legend. Tommy Reese, he's 32. I know, you know? but he's, you know, according to sources, that it, it, it's really uh, the, the most recent reporting is saying that it is down to uh, Kalen DeBoer and uh, and Tommy Reese, and and it was Mike Norvell, but Norvell pulled out. I mean, it, 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 Tommy Reese would absolutely blow the mind, right? He's 31 yeah. years old. He's had, he's been uh, at Alabama for one. Seasons, and he's one of the youngest assistants in the uh, Saban era uh, at the uh, at the coordinator level. But boy, Does that indicate to you that Nick Saban may not uh, be just totally retiring as a coach if they hire Tommy Reese and uh, Nick Saban kind of be. You know, in the background, guys? It's possible. Well, hey, we got to get to a break. We got Mayor Walt Maddox coming up here. We've got to consider what Nick Saban's departure from Alabama does to the city of Tuscaloosa, to the University of Alabama. Mayor Walt Maddox is uh, on the cusp as you listen to Big Noon Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Clearing and windy this afternoon, the high today 64. Tonight, much colder, mostly fair with the low at 28. Tomorrow and Sunday, partly sunny both days. Highs between 44 and 47. Monday, mostly cloudy and colder. Temperatures falling into the 30s. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 58 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Town Square Me. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, 
Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. The Honorable Mayor of the City of Tuscaloosa, Walt Maddox, has played a little football in his lifetime, too. Matter of fact, I was in the broadcast booth when he was playing at UAB, but uh, he has been very, very successful. That was fun, Walt. We, 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 we threatened to go get a cup of coffee and talk about that, but right now, obviously, we, we we've got a, a... Yeah, we <laughs> need to, but we've got, we've got a little bit bigger fish on the plate to fry. Um, what was your initial reaction when you heard that... Uh, that Coach Saban was going to resign from Alabama. Retire. Well, let me tell you, what an extraordinary 48 hours. And my initial reaction was kind of this duality between shock and sadness because it's an end of the era. And I'm, I'm old enough to remember when Coach Bryant retired and passed away, being here in Tuscaloosa. So there was that aspect of it. Um, not necessarily for wins and losses in the future of Alabama football. It's always going to be great. Um, that, so there was that feeling. And then the other, frankly, was almost a joy for Coach and Miss Terry. Um, they've earned it. 17 years, which is extraordinary in, in college athletics to be at one place that long. What they've accomplished um, on the field, but frankly, what they've done for Tuscaloosa off the field from mixed kids to helping us rebuild after the tornado. So, you know, it's that duality of feelings with it. And like everyone else, you know, there's an uncertainty about the future, but that's always with change. Well, can you take us back to the first time you met Coach Saban and also when you first realized that he wasn't just going to be a coach, he was going to be a fixture in the community? First time I met Coach, actually, we were trying to get a triathlon, a major national triathlon, and it was going to potentially fall on A Day. And I think it was his first year. Um, and I just, you know, it was the first time I'd met him and really enjoyed the experience. And so, you know, from there, it starts a, a business relationship. And then over time, you get to know everyone a little bit better. And certainly with Miss Terry, you get to form, you know, those deeper bonds. And, and you know, so for me, that was the first time. But the thing that struck me was, man, he's all business. I mean, and that's, that's why he's been successful. And uh, is it possible to um, calculate the economic impact that Nick Saban has had on the city of Tuscaloosa? I can throw numbers out there. I think it would be impossible. But think about, and really, um, Bob Witt saying we're going to grow this university. Bob and Dr. Witt and, and then Coach Moore going out and landing Nick Saban. And then you think about the number of students that are there today versus then. We're talking about probably you know, 14,000, 15,000 more students. The majority of those students coming from out of state. Um, that is a direct reflection of Alabama's success um, where Tuscaloosa and the university are mentioned nationally nearly every single day. And for a city of 110,000, 115,000, for us to get that type of attention, 
you can't calculate it. I mean, I want to say billions, but if you put in the earned media, that, that number jumps even more. So there's no doubt he has transformed us. And I'm really, I, I, another feeling I've had, I don't mean to ramble on your radio show, but I thought a lot about Coach Moore, who was a dear friend, and, you know, the wisdom of a still dear friend and, frankly, mentor in Dr. Bob Witt. Um, those two gentlemen went out and took the risk and what a reward for Tuscaloosa, the state, um, for all of us. Well, you bring up a great point with uh, earned media. Uh, and that's not just Tuscaloosa or Alabama or Southeast, but his earned national media attraction for the city of Tuscaloosa, quite honestly, Mayor, I, I think is immeasurable. Uh, it's just, it's, it's impossible to put a dollar figure on that. That being it said, is. Nick has done so many things. And I think it started philanthropic. When he got there, it elevated greatly uh, April 27th, 2011, but it continues with Nick's, Nick's kids, the Saban Center. Um, you, you can't measure that either, can you? But the question I guess I really wanted to ask you, that won't stop. He may not coach anymore, but his efforts as far as donations of his time and money to the community are not going to stop. Oh, there's there's no way. And, and we... You know, we've had the discussions in particular of Miss Miss Terry about, you know, there's going to be a day in time where Coach and Miss Terry are going to want to retire and want to go enjoy, you know, everything that they've earned. And we we knew we that's been part of the calculus the entire time. The Saving Center is going to be a $100 million facility that's going to be the state's STEM hub. Um, it's going to be immersive in nature. It'll be unlike anything that we've ever seen that's integrated into the K-12 curriculum. To prepare not only Tuscaloosa students but our state students for a STEM-driven century. Um, their commitment and they have raised. We haven't announced it yet. But let me just say that the the amount they have raised is impressive, and it's going to make such a difference for future generations in our state to prepare them for what's coming over the horizon. Um, and what has struck me about this relationship with giving back is. And we've all met people in our careers that give back, but sometimes you sense maybe it's more of just checking a box, like I'm supposed to give back, so here's my give back foundation. With them, man, it is genuine. It is unique. I've heard this story time and again about how their first generation college students, they know growing up in West Virginia where you earned everything and an education got you a little bit better quality of life. They believe it, and they are adamant that what they raise, what they invest in, is going to make a difference. And so that, to me, has been the most impressive thing. It never was about checking a box. It was about, by God, we've been blessed by the good Lord, and we're going to take that blessing, and we're going to do something extraordinary for someone else. Well, you and I uh, have talked extensively about April 27th, 2011. Can you just tell me what kind of teammate Nick Saban was to you uh, on the the day of, the day after, and the, the weeks that followed? The, you know, there, there certainly was the communication, and, and him and Miss Terry went anywhere and everywhere that, uh, you know, the city and the community was asking them to be. But for me, the biggest thing that Coach and Miss Terry did was them being out and them being visible provided so much hope. It's hard to describe to people, Lars, who maybe didn't see it or wasn't here. I mean, you looked around and it was just as if the fist of God slammed through 15% of our city. 
Um, you had people who couldn't find their children, couldn't find their parents. And every time Coach went out and Miss Terry went out, they delivered a message of hope. Now, certainly, you know, it's one thing for the mayor to say it or the governor or even the president to say it. But Nick Saban had more gravitas than all of us put together. And when Coach and Miss Terry are saying it, people believe it. And, and the other thing, too, that was so important to all of us is that when he went out to a volunteer center or, or delivered water, when him and Miss Terry helped to build a house, they gave that hope. Hope gets people through the worst of times. Um, I get emotional thinking about those times. I, one of the, the memories I have is going down 15th Street early on the morning of the 28th and, and really getting that first, you know, I saw it at night, but daylight provided a whole different perspective. And I asked the police officer that was with me, I said, is that Nick Saban? I mean, I didn't know because I hadn't slept. Am I just like, you know, am I at the point of, you know, hallucinations now? Um, and, and, and it was Nick Saban now there on 15th Street with football players, you know, doing things, handing out water and other things. And I remember thinking, that is really cool. That is what we need. You know, and, and so that kind of, for me, that memory always kind of jogged back to me because I remember seeing that and thinking, that's amazing. And for people who are not from Tuscaloosa, um, you know, it's hard for any Alabama football coach or Miss Terry to go anywhere. They're rock stars. People want to be near them. It would have been easy, again, for them to sit and, and you know, help from a distance. They, they didn't do that. They got out there where the people are. That is who they are, man. And and I'm telling you, I'm, I'm my life is forever changed because I got to be a little bit around them. They they've given me leadership lessons they don't they'll never know just by me watching. And I think all of us in Tuscaloosa have been changed. They they have taught all of us how to be better people and take the blessings that God gives us and do something with them. Yeah, hey, Walt. I'll say really quick, Matt. Um, I often use what Nick Saban has said in a press conference with my own kids. I mean, it, it's, it, it is, it, it's, it's almost every single time he got to the podium, especially in the last year, there was some profound lesson behind what he was talking about. Did you get that as well? It's so funny you say that, Mark. Last night, my, my son, Eli, who's a great little athlete, um, he called me because um, he didn't want to go to a soccer clinic. And and I, I immediately said, you can either be disciplined about this or disappointed, which is a Nick Saban, you know, quote. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, man, this guy's trained me up. I mean, now I'm <laughs> now I'm quoting Nick Saban to my children. But, you know, you're right. It, it's true. And and I think the thing that I've learned with the Saban Center over the years, um, the last few years especially, is that Coach and Miss Terry are teachers by their very nature of profession. That's why we're all getting it. They taught us, both with their words and with their actions. And I think that is, you know, we talk about the next coach coming in and living up to the wins and losses. That will certainly be a high bar. But I think living up to the standard of being in the community, being in the state, and knowing that being an Alabama football coach is probably the, the highest office in this state. But to, you know, to, not to get biblical, but to much as given, much as expected. And so I think that's going to be the high standard. The Sabins did that in orders of magnitude. Because of Nick Saban's 
immense popularity and tremendous success. I imagine that, you know, in, in order of protection and police, uh, my question here is a try and roundabout way here, Mayor. Will his resignation maybe lessen a little of the stress on Tuscaloosa? <laughs> well, actually, I hope it does because Good. I I want I, I think if Coach Saban was joining us on this show right now and we were talking, his expectation of me and to all of us in Tuscaloosa would be make it better, do more. I've lived I've left you a great foundation. Now, don't be satisfied with it. Do something with it. Don't get complacent. Don't let human nature take over. And I think we all need to rally ourselves to say, by God, we're going to rally around whoever the next head coach is. And we're all going to do our part for, for him to be successful. Because when Alabama football is successful, Tuscaloosa is successful. People one time, I had a person one time tell me, do you worry that Tuscaloosa is you know, not known as a football city? And I'm like, I am ecstatic we're known as the football city. You think Green Bay is disappointed they're known as the football city? <laughs> um, um, I, I'm ecstatic because you know what? That helps. That being a football city pays a lot of mortgages and pays a lot pays a lot of people to have a better future. And so we're ecstatic, but what we've all got an obligation to do is not let us drop down. And we all play as Coach Seven again, Lars. <laughs> he's taught us well. We all have a part in this process, so we all need to do our part. Mayor, uh, real quick, uh, weather situations in, in Tuscaloosa okay right now? Has this been nasty? We're good. We we were watching it earlier, um, passed on through. Storms seem to weaken in Mississippi. But I, I, it does. as we look over the next two or three days, we it looks like some winter uh, event may come by. So maybe we can go throw a, a few snowballs and everybody can be safe. Thank you for your generous time. Hey, thank you, guys. And, and Matt, you, let's Walt. go have some coffee one day. See you yeah, let's do. We could <laughs> sell some stories, couldn't we? All right, Mayor. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Or we could just make them up. Either way, it'll be fun. Yeah, well, probably the process anyway. So, <laughs> thanks, Mayor. Y'all have a great day. Bye, guys. Yeah, you thanks, too. Walt. Uh, breaking news coming out of the University of Alabama, the transfer portal. And joining us is uh, one of our producers, reporters. Uh, he really is a jack of all trades. Is uh, Wyatt Fulton. Wyatt, what do you got concerning wide receiver Isaiah Bond? Yeah, uh, Nick Kelly had it first. I just want to give that attribution there. But uh, I just wrote a story on Tide100.9.com. Isaiah Bond has filled out the paperwork to test the waters of the transfer portal. He is not quite officially in the transfer portal yet. uh, But he has filled out the paperwork. And he's going to test his options and see see what else is out there for him. I was unaware of this rule concerning the transfer portal, but once a coach resigns, leaves, whatever the case may be, that school is extended 30 days in the transfer portal. Which, yeah, uh, absolutely. Man, they get, they get 30 days. In the, can go. They get 30 days in the transfer portal uh, after a coach, like you said, resigns, retires, quits, leaves, just the whole nine yards, anything like that. So yeah, Greg Byrne and uh, Alabama said if asked if the team if they would give them. Th- uh, 72 hours to before they make their decisions and nobody has officially entered the portal yet so Isaiah Bond hasn't really broken any promises there but I you know good for him honestly go go test the market test the waters and see see what's out there you know and I'm not reporting this I'm not saying anything like this at the end of the day it could just be an NIL ploy he may say hey 
what else is out there? You know, can I leverage an offer from from somebody with a lot of money to get something from a new coach who who wants to keep around current and proven talent on this roster? Boy, that's a good point. And, and guys, that's something I'm going to have to continue to wrap my head around. Uh, these are individual businesses now. And what do you do if you're a business? It's a capitalistic society. You try to make as much money as you can. And I've got to kind of draw back, retreat on the idea of, well, that's just being all greedy. Well, it isn't. You're doing the best thing you can for you and your family. And Wyatt, I think you nailed it. I think that's exactly what Isaiah Bond is saying or or doing right here. And Matt, let me just say before we go to break, and I know we need to get to break, um, it was reiterated to me this morning in very graphic ways, in specific ways by two sources who I trust, that uh, Nick Saban just has had enough with the NIL transfer portal, with players coming to him who are freshmen, sophomores, saying they need more money. And it almost feels to the coach like an extortion. And what does Nick Saban covet the most? He covets power, control. And suddenly in this new environment, there is far less control for the coaches. The players have been empowered because the players, some of them are now making more money than the assistant coaches. So I think that is uh, a story that will come out in more detail. Uh, And also I would encourage people to sort of suppress uh, spreading these rumors about health situations involving a member of the Saban family because uh, I, I just think that's inappropriate. And I, I don't believe, from what I've been told, that they're accurate. Now, well, Dick Saban said in his interview yesterday with Reese Davis that his health and Miss Terry's health were not an issue. Yeah. Or that's but you know, but Matt, I still get people. I get people just texting me left and right, and people don't know anything about Alabama footballs, telling me the rumor, and I, I, I get it. I, I have no idea how this thing started. I haven't seen one person put their name behind it, right? Anybody of of substance of credibility, and so I, I would just put the brakes on this talk. Jeff Spiegel from ABC thirty three forty. Uh, I watched him, among many others, in television media the day of his resignation. Great job by Speaks. We'll talk to him about the coverage, but also just about Saban's retirement and who's next as you listen to Big Noon Sports presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. Tunison is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build 
build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama broker who's as roll-tied as houndstooth will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at lee at thebamabroker.com. That's lee at thebamabroker.com. More Big Noon Sports coming up. It's Big Noon Sports. Many of our segments are brought to you by Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker. Uh, we thank her. She was on all day yesterday with us, and she just brings such a really true, uh, informative perspective on Alabama football. Um, there are oftentimes, I think, the young lady knows more than us, and she is the incoming president of the Red Elephant Club. So thank you, Laura Lee. Also, many thanks to our next guest, ABC 33 Sports Director, Jeff Spiegel joins us. Jeff, how are you? You staying away from the rain and the wind and the cold? Yeah, yeah. It's um, kind of one of those uh, days you just want to stay inside and uh, drink some hot chocolate. Uh, and you know what? I'm, I've got coffee instead of chocolate. That's exactly what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. I, uh, we're asking everybody, particularly those of the members of the media, but where were you? What were you doing at like 4.07 on Wednesday? Uh, getting ready to uh, getting ready to do a little minute and a half sportscast at four thirty, and uh, we were going to talk about uh, how Saban voted in the coaches poll, and uh, you know, and and that was uh, you know that was that was pretty interesting, uh, but then, I, well, <clears throat> in all honesty, let me let me tell you how the day transpired for me. Aaron Wise, uh, one of our reporters, uh, who is, uh, who's an Auburn grad, she stuck her head in the door at 2.30. She said, Auburn Twitter is saying there's a players meeting at 4 and Nick Saban's going to retire. Chris McCulley and I are in the sports office. And, uh, <clears throat> and we, you know, we, we, we snicker because we've heard this before. Right. And uh, so she leaves. Her feelings aren't hurt. You know, she was just passing along information. That's what good reporters do. 407. I'm looking for her and I'm going, you were right. And uh, it was really. And then everything just went like crazy. It was just, you know, hurry and and get stuff on TV and and try to. try to talk, uh, try to speak coherently and uh, encapsulate just what this guy's done in 17 years, which is almost impossible. And, uh, man, how do you do that? (laughs) What's the lead (laughs) of your broadcast? No pressure or anything, Jeff. You got uh, a few minutes uh, to uh, encapsulate what this man has meant, not just to the university, to the state, but to the entirety of college football. Yeah, pretty incredible. I mean, uh, I mean, look, you, you start with the tangible stuff, right? You start with the trophies. Because C- every coach is measured by his trophies. I mean, that's just, that's, that's the way it is. I mean, if, if you don't win titles, you don't keep your job. And he won six national titles at Alabama, 11 SEC titles, uh, 201 victories, 
and uh, and there's just and and those are the those are the things that you can go. That's the tangible stuff right there. And then there's the intangible stuff. There's there's the way that he just redefined the way that college football programs are run. You know, and, and I, you know before he came on board. I never heard any coach refer to his football program as an organization. I never heard that. You know, before Nick Saban came along, you know, coaches were, you know, shuffling in offensive and defensive coordinators for us to talk to. And, uh, and, and it was all, and it was great, but it was all a bunch of clutter. And then Nick Saban came in with the one voice philosophy that I'm speaking for the program. You know, it's it's my program. I'm the CEO. I'm running it. I'm the guy who's going to be speaking for all of these coaches. Before so, Saban, uh, Jeff, yeah. could you talk to assistants? I, I actually didn't do any Alabama yeah. work before yeah. Saban arrived. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Uh, well, you know, when Shula was here, that always bring Dave Rader in, the offensive coordinator, and Joe Kynes, the defensive coordinator. Now, now Joe Kynes would give you some, you know, some really good stuff. You know, he, he would give uh, you great you know, stuff. Crap. Right. And um, he would give you some good stuff. But, you know, we didn't need, we didn't really need Joe Kynes or Dave Rader to tell us that the other guy had a good, the other team had a good quarterback or the other guy had a good linebacker. You know, when you got back to the station and you were breaking it all down, it was like, there's too much here, you know? And then, um, I'll never forget, I was down in Miami. I was covering the exit. Holy cow, the media guys there were just raking Saban over the coals. And then, uh, you know, oh, well, and then the L- and then, then you talk to people who covered him at LSU. It was like, well, you're never going to get to talk to freshmen. And, well, you know what? Who needs to talk to freshmen? You know, I mean, that's another case of just like more than you need. You know, Nick Saban gave us what we needed and what was important. He ran his program, you know, the way that he thought it should be run. People people spoke for his program who he trusted. So freshmen didn't get to speak because they didn't earn that opportunity. They didn't get to earn that trust. There were there were there were no players who had that sense of entitlement that you can get when you've been in front of the media as a freshman and your and your head just kind of gets blown up a little bit so he he did things differently and he did things so well and um it was just and i tell and i tell you this too guys you know when i got into this business i wanted to cover big time college football games i think i've told you this before and then in 93 i covered the national championship game you know with gene stallings and Alabama beating Miami, and I go, wow, that's really cool. I wonder if I'm ever going to get to do that again. Didn't <laughs> do it again until 17 years later. And then it was like, then, then we're going on all these big trips. We're covering national championship games. We're covering playoff games. We're covering games that matter. So what I'm saying is is that Nick Saban, part of his legacy, no one's going to write this, write about this, a part of his legacy is not only saving the program, saving football coaches' careers, what he did in Tuscaloosa, you know, post-tornado and with Nick's kids and all that. But another thing he did as part of his legacy is he made all of our sportscaster jobs a lot more fun. And I'll, I can't thank him enough for that. 
No kidding. Uh, Lars and I have often talked about what he just he made good copy, man. He, you were going to lead with him Wednesday on how he voted. I mean, he you could always go to Nick Saban for a lead. Lars and I have right. talked extensively, and I think we've included you, Jeff Spiegel, 3340, as well. But it appears to me now that it's just absolutely fact. NIL and Transfer Portal combined to be the straws that uh, drop the camel's back. Well, he denies that. You know, uh, in the Reese Davis interview, he, I mean, he denies that because he said, you know what? It doesn't do any good to complain about that stuff. You have to adapt. And he did do a good job of adapting. But I have no doubt in my mind that it, that it kind of, it wore on him. And, and the reason I say that is on the Pat McAfee show the previous Thursday, he talked about, you know, he answered a question in terms of, you know, coaches who are transitioning into, you know, other uh, other fields like like in the NFL, and and he said, well, you know what, that, that the NFL game, you know, it, it's it's a lot more fun than college right now, you know, and I think uh, I think the grind got to be too much, and this is a guy who, and I always hung on to this when he talked about this because it always kind of inspired me a little bit. He always talked about embracing the grind, you know. And I think the grind, you know, just got to be too much for him. And that's what he told Reese. The 2023 season was was very taxing on him, like where they were early in the season and how hard they had to work and how hard he had to work to get that thing back in the direction that it needed to go and get them in the college football playoff. And it really, really took its toll on him. Jeff, um, do you remember when he was hired, what you thought he was going to be like to cover, and then what he actually became? And then also, I hate to throw three questions at you, were you ever on the business end of a Saban rant? <laughs> oh, that's great. I love well, it. well worded, well, my friend, <laughs> Lars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, when he was hired, I mean, of course, he was a legend before he even, you know, I mean, he was with the Dolphins. And remember, he made the big he made the big defensive lineman cry. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and so, I mean, he, he he was just legend for being for just being tough, you know. And um, so you knew you knew this guy was a winner. You, you, you saw him in press conferences. You knew he could be a little salty. You know, and um, so that's what you that's what you anticipated, and you heard that from other you know from other media people, you know, and um, but yeah. So first day, first day after his press conference, he he got all the media together. I wasn't there for this. Mike Rado was there for this, and he tells me about this. And Saban says, "All right, guys, uh, we're going to open up practice." We're going to open up practice. You can shoot the first 15 to 20 minutes of practice. But what goes on at practice, you know, if, if you go on TV and you report anything, you know, that that uh, that shouldn't be reported or you, you know, you, 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 you try to make up some stuff that's going on here that's not going on, you will never shoot another practice here, you know. And he threw in, you know, he threw in some language there. And, um, I mean, he... He set the tone, you know, right from the get-go. And yeah, there were there were a couple of times where you know I kind of got I kind of got on his bad side. The one that I remember the most is when he made that statement 
after the Ole Miss game, uh, you know, about is this the way we want football to be? The hurry up, the no huddle, yeah, and uh, and all that. Okay, so then then I remember like early on in his tenure when he said they weren't allowed to mention the H word, you know, in the hallway, heat, you know, because he didn't want his yeah. players to have that in their mind that oh it's hot out here we're not going to be able to it, it, this is too hard to work you know so I said so I said uh, and this was right after right after the LSU game uh, they had won a hard fought LSU game but but then the, the quote came out about you know the the hurry up no huddle and I said are, are you afraid when you when you make comments like that that you're concerned about being able to you know defend you know those offenses that you're putting a negative image, you know, in your players' minds, you know. Oh, he did not like Ooh, that question at all. That's a good question. <laughs> he, said, he, said, uh, he said, well, he said, well, let, well, let me ask you this. You know, we just played LSU, and, and uh, you know, we had a hard time stopping those guys. They didn't, they didn't run hurry up, no huddle. You know, what about that? He'd do that sometimes at his news conferences where he'd turn it on you. What do you have to say about that? And uh, and I just and, you know I just kind of looked yeah, at him. You, I looked at him and I said, "Cop, I don't really have anything you know to you, say about that." You know, Jeff was really amazing yeah. about all of his press conferences is that he rarely misspoke. You know, right? He, it, I remember the Pearl Harbor reference, right? Uh, that that was way back early days, and he got a lot of heat for that. And you know, it was just sort of a inappropriate reference at the time comparing you know what they're going through on it for a game to Pearl Harbor but other than that I can't really think of a time where you know he opened himself up for a lot of criticism based on well, what he said here's one guys I'll jump in here uh, when he called down Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M and said they bought their team now he received a lot of criticism but hey yeah. speaks he was right yeah. Yeah. That was sure. exactly what happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, another thing I'll remember about him, uh, about his press conferences is, um, you know, he, he used those press conferences to deliver, you know, a message to his team, but also to deliver a message to the fan base. Yeah, because, you know, the fan base, once they started winning, you know, they started getting spoiled again. And they start, there were some expectations there that, that this was, this was too easy, you know, and I'll and, uh, and I'll never forget after they beat Arkansas, I think it was 14 to 13. And there were games, there were situations in there where seniors were making silly mistakes. Like they were jumping off sides. There were illegal procedures. I think uh, I think Christian Jones uh, fumbled. And um, and I'll pick up this story on the other side of the break. because That was an interesting uh, story as well. Well, you are so media savvy. And <laughs> of course, we know that you know who the next coach is, so we'll discuss all of those topics <laughs> on the other side of the break as you listen to Big Noon Sports with our guest, ABC 3340's Jeff Spiegel. Go inside the Alabama Crimson Tide with the Gary Harris Show. Hey everybody, it's Gary Harris. Coming up Monday on the Gary Harris Show at 9 a.m., will Alabama have a head football coach in place? We'll discuss it either way. Plus, Rodney Orr from TiderInsider.com, Insider TV, and Casey Smith on golf. All that and more on the Gary Harris Show, Monday morning at 9 a.m. Catch the Gary Harris Show Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 a.m. on Tide 100.9 and Tide100.9.com. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Clearing and windy this afternoon, the high today 64. Tonight, much colder, mostly fair with a low at 28. Tomorrow and Sunday, partly sunny both days. Highs between 44 and 47. Monday, mostly cloudy and colder. Temperatures falling into the 30s. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 56 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. Note. Jim Brando will be on in 30 minutes. But we continue our conversation with Jeff Spiegel. Pick up your story. Okay, I think, I, I can't remember what year it was. I mean, maybe it was 2016, um, could have been 2014, but Alabama had beaten Arkansas. It was 14 to 13 was the final score. And uh, seniors were making some mistakes, you know, jumping off sides, fault starts, uh, Christian Jones fumbled a punt. And so, you know, I, I asked the question, I said, Coach, you know, we're, you know, we're pretty, you know, we're fairly deep into the season. And do you get frustrated when, when it's seniors making these mistakes? And he said, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I get frustrated. Uh, it's not, it's not frustrating, you know, to me. And then he does what Chris Stewart and I were talking about, you know, the other day about this, how he will take your question and he won't answer your question but he'll he'll use it as an opportunity to jump onto an opportunity to speak to the fan base. And then he went on this just epic rant about how, you know, I, I wish fans would just appreciate it if we just won, if we just won the game, you know? And I mean, it was just like, it was, and, and I'm, and guys are, you know, and when, when, when he gets on that rant, all the other media guys are looking at you. Like, oh, there you go. There you go. You did it, you know. And, uh, but it was just, wow. It was just, it was, it was crazy. But he, um, but he was always good about that, about, about taking a question and then finding a way to motivate his team or finding a way to speak to the fans, you know, and, and taking advantage of that opportunity. And he did it better than anybody I've ever known. I, that's true. And by the way, when your other media and your colleagues were looking at you, they were also at the same time they were thanking you. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Gave me my lead. Yeah, good, good copy for sure. I wish I could remember that rant word for word, but it is on YouTube. And then, you know, one of my one of our former colleagues, Joe Whalen, got him cranked up one time, and and that was the famous. Uh, if it was up to you, we'd be dead and buried and gone, gone. You know, that's a famous one too. So. Yeah. Um, all right. So here we are, Alabama coaching search. Dan Lanning has said no. Kirby Smart has said no. Sark has said no. Jay Norvell uh, in uh, Florida, they or Florida State just announced a new eight-year deal, ten uh, mil a year. Mike Norvell mm-hmm. did very well in this coaching search. Uh, Lane appears to be out. Are you frantically googling Kalen DeBoer? <laughs> and what, <laughs> and, uh, and what about Dabo? Dabo's still there. Dabo's still there. Well, let's talk about Kalen DeBoer first. Uh, there's there's been an extension on his desk that he hasn't signed, which clearly means you know he's exploring his options. He canceled a scheduled radio appearance today, uh, and that's always a sign that you know something is up. 
you know. So uh, there, there's some wheels turning there, you know. I'm sure of it. That that sounds like target A right now. And uh, in terms of Dabo Sweeney, I've I've always felt like Dabo would be would be great for Alabama. I know the shine has kind of gotten off of him a little bit because you know the nine and four season, um, the fact that it's been a while you know, since he won that second national championship. And I know he won two national titles, and I know he beat Saban twice, but but there's been a few years in between, you know, then and now. And I also think that what hurt, what has hurt Dabo is the fact that, you know, he's not eager to play the game the way it's played now. He, he's just, he, he hates NIL. He doesn't like the transfer portal, you know, and that that's the way you got to play the game now, you know, whether you like it or not. And, and I'm afraid, you know, if he has desires to to come to Alabama, or if he if he ever did, that uh, that would hurt his chances. Thing is, if it's not DeBoer, if it's not Dabo, Loxley, uh, Reese? <laughs> Reese. I mean, Reese would be. I, I, that would blow my mind if it was Reese, 31 year old who's never been anything more than an OC for what two years. Yeah, it really would. I, I don't see that happening. Uh, the last time Alabama promoted from within, you know, to get a head coach, I believe, was Mike Dubos, who stepped up in place of Gene Stallings. And while they won a 1999 SEC championship, uh, it didn't end well. You know, the 2000 season was a disaster. And, um, you know, there were some uh, other things, you know, that happened in terms of, you know, off the field issues. And uh, so I, I, I don't see them going that route um, unless they just said nobody else is taking this. This is a guy that's going to let's see how he does. And it would it would almost be um, let's see how he does. And then let's get a guy if this doesn't work in two or three years. And I just don't see Greg Byrne going that route. While we have just a second, wrap up, go across yeah. the state. Uh, Cornell Cadillac Williams resigned. Zach Etheridge resigned. Uh, is something going on while everybody's looking for a new coach at Alabama? Is something going on at Auburn? Well, you keep hearing rumors about some stuff that happened in Nashville, and you know, with and I don't know exactly uh, what that was. There, there, there's some talk that you know maybe some players were frustrated, like Robbie Ashford with with Coach Freeze, and they were using Cadillac and Zach Etheridge, maybe as sounding boards. And and um, and then Hugh Freeze took that as maybe, you know, hey, man, you're you're undermining me. Yeah, I can't, I can't have that. Uh, but I'm telling you, man, when you make a decision like that to part ways with Cadillac, the most beloved, one of the most beloved players in Auburn football history who held that thing together – you know, last last year, beautifully, I thought, and many people thought he should have gotten an opportunity to be the head coach and didn't. Uh, if you part ways with that guy, uh, you better make sure that was the right decision, uh, because you know that could that could haunt you, you know, uh, throughout all of uh, next season and the season after, because you know people have so much respect for Cadillac. Before I let you go, we're going to go back to where we started this interview, and that's when you first heard it. You're sitting there in your sports office getting ready to go to the studio, whatever the case may be. Um, I really missed it, man. I missed TV then more than ever because it is frantic. It's chaotic, but it is so 
Uh, it, it's so challenging. It's just a challenge. It's what you got in for. What was the newsroom like? Oh, it, well, I mean, I, I tell you what, our, our folks did an amazing job because we sent uh, we sent people, and I think one of the calls of the day that our newsroom made was sending a reporter down to Auburn and getting their reaction. I mean, I thought that was a classic move because, you know, you want to see how the enemy is taking this news. And they were celebrating in the streets there. They were rolling Tumor's Corner. And and it was like, uh, you know, the king is gone. We're, we're about to ascend to the throne. You know, it, it was that kind of thing. And I'm glad we were down there for that. Certainly, you go to Tuscaloosa and you get all of that stuff. But uh, but I was uh, I, I thought the Auburn angle was was just an incredibly great decision by our people to do that. As always, Jeff Spiegel shines. Thank you, sir. Hey, thank y'all so much. Y'all have a good day. Thanks, uh, real Jeff. quick, what do you got tonight? And uh, promote your shows over the weekend. Oh, well, we got well a packed zone certainly. Um, you know, Sunday at ten thirty on ABC thirty three forty and. Uh, yeah, a lot to talk about, and uh, appreciate the opportunity to plug that. And y'all have a good one. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff Spiegel from ABC Thirty Three Forty. Our guest coming up next hour, we've got Tim Brando. Let's get a national perspective on this, and that's exactly what we're going to do on Big Noon Sports. Lee Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build Build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama broker, who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at lauralee at thebamabroker.com. That's lauralee at thebamabroker.com. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a Town Square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Monsi Bolaños. The Bills have rolled out wide receiver Gabe Davis for their wildcard matchup against the Steelers on Sunday due to his PCL sprain. And safety Taylor Rapp has also been rolled out. He suffered a neck injury in week 18. The Ravens have designated tight end Mark Andrews to return from injured reserve. The Patriots have found their new head coach. They're hiring their linebackers coach Gerard Mayo. He's been with the team since 2019 and also played eight seasons under Bill Belichick. The Commanders are hiring 49ers assistant GM Adam P. 
Peters as their general manager. Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, and Fred Warner are unanimous choices for the AP 2023 NFL All-Pro team. Lamar Jackson earned his second All-Pro selection. Aaron Donald becomes an eight-time pick. And there are also 14 players who are first-timers, including C.D. Lamb. And Charlotte Hornets star LaMelo Ball is expected to make his return tonight against the Spurs. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Got an emergency text here. Looking for something. Um, oh, fake news. Man, I hate it when people do that. Oh, <laughs> th- this one said that they've uh, announced the immediate hiring of Rick Saban. Uh, you know, uh, I just, it's funny, but it's not when you're trying to do a show. Um, all right, uh, more importantly, uh, the search continues right now. It seems that uh, Kalen DeBoer from Washington is the leading candidate. He canceled a radio show earlier today. And, you know, that will certainly raise an eyebrow. Other news, though, that is certainly relevant. Isaiah Bond, this was reported by Nick Kelly of Tuscaloosa News. Isaiah Bond has entered the transfer portal. And he was becoming Alabama's go-to guy. Uh, he had 48 catches, uh, 668 yards, and four touchdowns this past season. Does that mean he's going? No. He has just done the paperwork and has in- entered the transfer portal. And, Lars, I asked Jeff Spiegel about this just a moment ago. But what are you seeing and what are you hearing and what's your feeling about Cadillac and Zach Etheridge, uh, two really important assistant coaches under Hugh Freeze, just very suddenly over the past 24 hours or so, resigning as coaches. I think uh, they were given the choice to resign or be fired, and uh, they took the uh, first option. Uh, and uh, this is just me talking, uh, speculating, no uh, facts uh, to support that. Nothing, No reporting supports that. That is just my gut. And, uh, and Jeff mentioned, Jeff Spiegel, our guest last hour, mentioned that something transpired before the bowl game or maybe during the bowl game uh, that uh, was upsetting to Coach Freeze. And, you know, he's the head coach. He has uh, um, the authority to do uh, whatever he wants to whoever he wants, uh, essentially, when it comes to their job security. And if he feels that... Um, someone was not following lockstep behind him, uh, he's going to let him go. I mean, that's just what all coaches do. I, I But I, I don't know anything else. Uh, I, I will say, though, it was a very shrewd, sort of uh, uh, politically savvy move by Hugh Freeze to keep Cadillac last year. Now that Hugh Freeze is uh, somewhat established, Cadillac is not as important to him as he would have been last year because uh, Hugh Freeze needed to uh, do what was right uh, in terms of uh, how it was going to be perceived by the Auburn fan base. And that was a a no-brainer move. And I'm not saying that Hugh Freeze no longer has any use for Cadillac, uh, but he kind of served his purpose, if you understand what I'm getting at. But there, it must have been pretty divisive uh, for yeah. him to end up leaving. 
because yeah. Cadillac was Auburn. Cadillac held Auburn together for four games. Cadillac beat Texas A&M in a very spirited fashion, 13-10, to 10, which is a huge win. It's just kind of, again, it added adhesiveness to keeping the Auburn family together. And with all that considered, and with Hugh Freeze considering he's rebuilding there, and them to not be able to reach an impasse and continue forward, that really raises both eyebrows. Well, yeah, me. I mean, clearly something happened. Like, something happened. You know, and I, I, I obviously don't know what it was. I mean, neither do you. I mean, we just, it's all speculation at this point, but they clearly had a falling out. And something went down, most likely, uh, before the bowl game. So, anyway, uh, you know, shifting back to uh, the Alabama coaching search, it really appears that Alabama is now down to, on, on the list of candidates, right, from all the reporting we're hearing, the list of candidates uh, on their first list, their wish list, is down to one and again, we're talking about Kalen DeBoer, the uh, head coach at Washington, and his record at Washington very, very impressive, twenty-five and three. And again, he um, was born in uh, Millbank, South Dakota. He's, he's one of size of thirty-five hundred. He's he's one of us. He's one of us from the Midwest. Uh, he's a he's a sturdy, sturdy guy is uh, uh, 49 uh, went to the University of Sioux Falls been to Sioux Falls so many times in my life um, but uh, you know he's just sort of worked his way up he was the offensive coordinator at Southern Illinois and Eastern Michigan Fresno State Indiana and then bam gets his big shot at Washington and gosh, you look at his head coaching record, and this goes back to uh, when he uh, goes back to when he was at uh, Sioux Falls and did such a great job um, at the what the NAIA level is that right? Yeah, NA, they, he won three NAIA national championships: 06, 08, 09, runner up, and 07. But overall, his head coaching record is 104 and 12. I mean, the guy is a winner. The guy's a winner. And I, I don't know, again, like, I don't know how Alabama fans would feel about an outsider coming in. Uh, this guy, he's never coached in the South, not ain't from the South. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, Matt. Like, when, when's the last time this happened at Alabama? Mike Price? Yeah. And the last time they hired a coach that uh, had his stakes in Washington did not work out well did, at all. Now, did, I mentioned that candidly, but in no way am I assuming that Galen yeah. DeBoer is in this area. Have you also heard that both of his daughters are outstanding softball players? Now, yeah. that's not and, why and, you hire a coach, but it's why a coach but, might take the job. Yeah, and, and one of his daughters I know just started at – Washington, but hey, it's pretty easy to transfer. Um, so why not transfer to the best softball program in the country? I don't know. Maybe it makes too much sense, but I, I think Washington, as we speak, is frantically trying to uh, renegotiate his contract to keep him locked up. And then if uh, he doesn't want to come, 
where do you go? Uh, I mean, Mike you, Loxley. You go, Tommy would you Reese. rather have Lock? Would they have Loxley? I you I you absolutely cannot go Tommy Reese. I I I, uh. I just I can't believe that he would be a finalist for this job. Uh, never having coached at a big time university, being the head coach. I mean, I would think Dabo would have to be the next guy on the list ahead of Loxley. Correct. I think you make but, another run at him if you have already. Uh, yeah. And if if I mean he's returning home. Um, if if he's willing to work through the I, you know, <laughs> through yeah, his, I mean, uh, hey, you need a new age. I mean, nil let's, and transfer. Yeah, I mean, uh, Matt, let's be honest. Like, you need a new age, younger coach, a coach who's willing to deal with all of this. And look, maybe Dabo can come and and convince uh the the powers that be at, at at Alabama that hey I'm not gonna hold on to these same ideas and philosophies that I did when I was at Clemson. I realized it hurt Clemson. I am all in on this new uh era of transfer portal of NIL and uh hey I am a former insurance salesman. I can sell anything to anybody. I can raise money. I mean, let's go back to what Dabo can do good. If Dabo gets all on board with this, he could be spectacular at Alabama. Spectacular. And it's easy. I mean, you know, people just dismiss him, Matt, because of the things he has said recently. But Hey, you help me with my book on Dabo Sweeney. This guy is special. He is special. And he can sell, sell, sell like nobody's business. And That's why if, he would if, be really, really good, perhaps. I think so, too. such a high objection for. Yeah, you know I mean, he, he's just going to hire somebody that has an expertise in that area where you can do more football coaching. And yeah. then you just use them as an analyst or as a consultant. Here's the question, Lars. And I've wondered this as we've checked off Norvell. We've checked off, I think, Lane Kiffin. I'm not really sure that's an absolute. But you get my train of thought here that you're checking off guys that were on the original four or five list. Do you think that Nick Saban maintaining a presence? I think he, he would go and his office would be actually at Bryant-Denny. Do you think that that causes coach, you know, maybe a little bit of uh, reflection on taking the job? Oh, I think He's it's still going to be around. I think it's a really scary job to take because it's impossible for anyone to replicate the success that Nick Saban has had. Absolutely impossible. But I, I think you need somebody who just loves Alabama, loves Alabama. Dabo, and I know this isn't popular uh, among fans. I just think Dabo Sweeney would be a better, better fit if he's willing to leave Clemson. And I didn't think he would be, uh, you know, uh, you and I talked to for literally years to Jay Barker asking him about every third day. Would Dabo come to Alabama? No, 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 because he loves it so much at Clemson. But you know what? He's not quite as beloved in Clemson as he used to be. Yeah, he's still got a son up there, I think, that is going to be playing for him. He is well-established uh, in the community. I mean, he's got a beautiful home. That's where he's raised his family. Uh, and that's where he's he's built, you know, his legacy. 
But I think that, and this is Matt thinking, okay? I think given the almost desperate situation, is that too big a word here, that Alabama's in, maybe you reline your troops in Tuscaloosa and you go back to Dabo and maybe you offer more. Maybe you allow him uh, more control, which if you don't just give it to him, then that's kind of crazy. But I, this is nothing against DeBoer, but, man, I would suggest that Alabama – go back and make a really big run to Dabo Sweeney and Clemson. I, I do too. I, I'm, I'm all in on that. And uh, not that I'm here to promote my book, Dabo's World, but go and read the book and you'll understand what makes him so special. I mean, Matt, I think you worked on it with me. Didn't you come away through all the research we did together uh, liking Dabo more than even oh, before and, and I liked him I mean you know I, I, I kind of grew up with his my friends kids grew up with Dabo and and I have uh, I have made contact with people and, and earlier this week they said this is just not gonna happen I think now's the time to circle your wagons and make another run at him but yes in in response to Dabo's world I found out more um, and, and you just find out the inner workings of Dabo Sweeney and what he fought through, living in an apartment on campus with his mother so he could keep going to Alabama and keep trying every day to make the team as a walk-on. Uh, yeah. This guy defines intestinal fortitude. So I'd like him back. I know there were some students that chanted on campus the other night that we don't want Dabo. I would say, why yeah, they, not? Yeah, they read why Dabo's not? world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a great read, by the way. Thank you. And I've read it you, like six yeah, times. Yeah, at least. <laughs> what was the one fact that we couldn't nail down? Oh, oh the tried. name of the street. The, the name the of the street he, he grew up on. It, you it, literally it, drove it. out there. Yeah, I, did. I asked the neighbors, and they didn't know because the driveway had changed, and it was either uh, something way or something circle. Uh, finally, I think you just cut it down to just the name of the street and left the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that was fun. I enjoyed doing that. All right. Uh, our man. Let's let's get the national perspective here from Fox Sports. Tim Brando on the other side of the break as you listen to Big Noon Sports presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Morgan. Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama broker, who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at lee at thebamabroker.com. That's lee at thebamabroker.com. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Clearing and windy this afternoon, the high today 64. Tonight, much colder, mostly fair with a low at 28. Tomorrow and Sunday, partly sunny both days. Highs between 44 and 47. Monday, mostly cloudy and colder. Temperatures falling into the 30s. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 57 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Sponsored in part by Laurel Thompson, the Bama Broker Advantage Realty Group. Joining Big Noon Sports right now is Tim Brando from Fox Sports. Tim, I guess you're getting the rear end of the weather we're now getting, but it's rainy and nasty and cold, and they actually brought out the S word for next week here. How are things in Shreveport if that's, in fact, where you are? Yeah, I did make it. Uh, here's how things were for me last night. I'll, I'll try to make it brief, but I got done with our game in Champaign with Bill Raftery at about, uh, let's see, it was the uh, game ended about 10-15, uh, car service was ready, uh, waiting for us at the television truck uh, at the cargo location, and we were headed to Champaign, uh, from Champaign to Chicago, to stay at the lovely, and I'm sure you guys at some point have stayed there, at the lovely Airport Hilton at O'Hare. <laughs> uh, wheeling in there at about 12.45. It's about a two-hour drive from uh, Champaign to Chicago. It start, The flurries, uh, there were no real flurries. A couple of little hits here and there uh, as we were getting into the city. But it didn't really begin to snow until about 3.15 in the morning. I had a, I got into my room at about 1, had a uh, 2.30 a.m. wake-up call mm. <laughs> for, a, for a quick shower to head to uh, take a little 8, 10-minute walk over to uh, Terminal 3 to get on my flight to DFW leaving at 5 a.m. And I uh, got into Dallas, got into Dallas at uh, 7.45. It took about 30 minutes. I mean, we, by the time we took off at 5 a.m., it was completely white. And I don't know how many, I don't know how many cancellations. Uh, there were a lot of cancellations on the road when we got there. Um, but uh, Raft was trying to get to Albuquerque. I, I hope he did. He was flying direct. He's got New Mexico on CBS on um, Saturday. I just needed to get home. And uh, by the time we took off, it was white. But we got out of there. I think being on the earliest flight out really helped. Got to Dallas, and it took 30 minutes to, to taxi to get to my gate. And I had a one-hour layover, so I was the last guy to get on the plane to Shreveport. But I was home by 9, uh, 9.45 this morning. So that's pretty good, you know, to get through with a game that late. Granted, I was in the central time zone, so that helped. But, uh, you know, made it home in less than four hours from Chicago. That's pretty good, but, you know, with a connection. So, um, But it was bad here overnight. Tornadoes all around. We've got a lot of trees and branches of trees down at the back um, behind our pool deck here at the Chateau. But no structural damage. Nothing bad, bad happened here. Um, there were some tornadoes in the area that were sighted, but none that, uh, that hit. So, but now we're bracing for a winter blast that's supposed to be coming in here on Sunday. And um, thankfully, I don't have a game to do until Wednesday in Connecticut. I've got 
the weekend off, so I, I'll be okay uh, until I have to leave on Tuesday. I've got UConn and Creighton on Wednesday night on FS1, and then a great one on Saturday on Fox next week uh, with Marquette and St. John's. St. John's is really playing well. Patino's got it going on. If you haven't seen them, they're good. They're really good. And um, and uh, and Marquette, of course, as you know, has been ranked as high as number four. It's crazy in college basketball. We had a ton of upsets. Top five teams all lost this week. It's almost like basketball. The basketball gods just remind everybody that we're ready to go. As soon as the championship game ends in football, we see uh, four of the top five teams go down the first night after college football season officially ends. So uh, I'm I'm into the round ball thing now and really love it. Yeah. Um... I don't think people understand the uh, the real glamorous side of sports journalism, and that is what you just yeah. described: going to yeah. O'Hare and oh gosh, yeah. I've been there so many times too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, and well, it's I, all worth I know you're. If you love it. Yeah, it's all I know, worth it if you love it, and I do. Love I know. It, so. I know you're running on film or, or on on. Uh, you're running you're, on very yeah. low uh, tank of gas right now. Thank you so much. For yeah. joining us, um, really, what what can you tell us about Kalen DeBoer? Right, uh, we're just hearing right now. Uh, Chris Lowe and some others are reporting that Alabama is trying to negotiate a contract with him. I know you've spent time around the the Washington head coach. Do you think he would be a good fit in T Town? Well, Kalen DeBoer would be a good fit anywhere. I mean, he is as genuine a guy as you'll ever meet. Uh, I mean, in, incredibly um, likable. Um, doesn't, um, I mean, he's just got such humility. I mean, if you watch the end of that game the other night and the way he was treating his players, I mean, he was crying along with them, you know. And that was a, a lot of veterans were on that team. And uh, that staff that he has has been with him forever. A lot like Lance Leipold at Kansas. They've been with him since he was coaching at the NAIA level. He played at the University of Sioux Falls in uh, South Dakota. Pretty good player, tight end, um, and made great plays for him. Uh, he he played in the mid-90s. So, you know, he's still a relatively young guy by coaching, you know, head coaching standards at the elite level of coaching. But, um, you know, Grubb, his offensive coordinator, is so good that Nick, Nick wanted to hire him last year and, and, and turned him down because he didn't want to leave Kalen DeBoer. So that should tell you about uh, the, the loyalty that Kalen gets from his staff because they've been together so long. And, and these guys that have coached at that level, I've said this for years, fellas, um, guys that have been coaching at that particular level, all the way through, they are so much more grateful than most coaches that we're accustomed to seeing and, and hearing and talking about in big-time college football. I mean, because they they literally had jobs that were similar to high school coaches where, you know, uh, you, you have the closet, the, the keys to the closet where the, where the footballs are and where the uh, gear is, the, the, the stuff to, to take out onto the field for, for workouts. Uh, you, you still drive the bus at schools like that. You know, you literally have the keys to the bus that drives the team. 
to and from where they practice and where the games might be. Uh, I mean, there's just a level of, uh, of humility and, and uh, a down-to-earth quality about those guys. Leipold's got that. This guy did. I think Craig Bowles, you know, the coach from uh, North Dakota mm-hmm. State who, who went to uh, Wyoming and recently well, retired. I, I would say he's from same Nebraska. Type, <laughs> yeah, same type Everybody's of individual. You know, Craig Nebraska. was the coordinator at Nebraska, you know, with Osborne and those guys. And, and, uh, and, and so you know him from that angle as well. But there's a level of humility that they have that's just amazing. And frankly, um, if, 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 if Greg Byrne can pull it off and get him, I think that's a, that's just a first class, big time home run hire in my opinion. Uh, you, uh, you just made a lot of Alabama fans smile big because yeah. we really don't know a whole lot about this guy. Uh, Tim Brando from Fox Sports is our guest on Big Noon Sports. Tim, is there hesitation in coaches when asked about the Alabama job? Because it's often been said and often true that you want to be the second guy to follow a legend or the second or the third. Is there like a Ray Perkins hangover here? No, I think that in every business it's like that. Uh, I mean, uh, as a broadcaster, really, okay, as a a play-by-play guy or as a studio host, I think it's true in our business especially. You don't want to be the guy that replaces the guy. You want to be the guy that comes in after the guy that replaces the guy. Because uh, those guys are, are institutions. They've been around for a long time. And, I mean, go back in time and remember when John Forney suddenly stopped doing Alabama games. Uh, you know, Paul Kennedy came in and was a damn good young broadcaster, but he was Ray Perkins's guy, and he wasn't—he wasn't John Forney, and he was never appreciated. And uh, you know, Paul's done well for himself since he left, but he was—I mean, I, I remember coming in there. I was working games on CFA primetime, working sidelines. This was before we started game day, and Paul was calling those games, and I—I I, I was hearing it from everybody. Oh, this guy, oh, this who? This one out there, he's a Perkins guy, blah, blah, blah. It was like, it wouldn't have mattered if the guy was, and, and Paul is a good broadcaster, but it wouldn't have mattered if Paul had been uh, the second coming of Vince Scully. He wasn't John Forney, <laughs> you know? And, and so it's true in every business. It's not it's not just indigenous to, to head coaches. But I do think for guys like um, Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkeesian, who I know would be popular choices among a good core group of Alabama fans. Maybe not all of them, but there's got to be a core group of Alabama fans. Times Square Media Tuscaloosa. The radio stations, 92.9 WTUG, Tide 100.9 and 1230 AM WTBC, 95.3 The Bear, Praise 93.3, Me TV FM 97.5, Catfish 100.1, Alt 101.7 and 105.1 The Block, uh, DC with Wyatt Fulton, we are in the Town Square Media Sports Newsroom. 
with some breaking news on the new coach for the University of Alabama. Wyatt, tell him who it is. Chris Lowe of ESPN is reporting that Washington's Kalen DeBoer is in negotiations heavily with the University of Alabama to be the program's 28th head coach in program history. And a couple other sources are reporting the contract was signed a little while ago, and it is a done deal. Uh, that makes sense after Flight Radar. Boy, I tell you, we got some sleuths out there because Flight Radar was, you know, showed a flight coming from, you know, the same same city where the campus is located, Washington, yeah. uh, to Tuscaloosa yesterday afternoon, late, around 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And then he canceled his interview, or his, I, I don't know if he has a radio show or what that is, but he canceled it in Washington this morning because he's here. And he's going to be announced as the, uh, what did you say, the... 28th coach? 28th head coach in program history. There you go, folks. So the news is in. It looks like it's going to be Kalen DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer, the former head coach now of the university, took the Huskies to the national championship. It was a very impressive job by him. Uh, Before Washington, he was at Fresno State. He went 3-3 three and three his first season in 2020. Fresno State only played six games due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And then following that, they went 9-3 and three his second season at Fresno State. Uh, notable quarterback Jake Hayner, currently on the New Orleans Saints, was his starting quarterback there. And then he convinced Michael Penix to join him from Indiana to Washington. Penix finished as a Heisman finalist this season. Uh, Kalen DeBoer, let's see now, he is, is it 49. He's 49 years old. And has a very impressive overall record. Listen to this. His overall record, 104 wins, 12 losses. That's a pretty impressive record. That's, that's very impressive. Uh, it, I mean, everywhere he has been, he has won. Uh, you mentioned Fresno State uh, and, and now, of course, Washington. So what do you think of, of this head coach hire? The replacement for Nick Saban, Kalen DeBoer. I think it's a really good hire for Alabama. Obviously, they wanted somebody who had a little bit of experience, who had experience winning and knowledge winning. And let's get this out here right now. Coach Saban did not completely abandon the program. Coach Saban has been in Malmore every day since he retired, rolling into work by 7.30 sharp like he has for the last 17 years. Yes, He's leaving a little earlier, which is good for his health, but... Kalen DeBoer is a great hire. Saban Saban had a hand in this whole entire process. Um, He's the coach of the year. Yeah, he's the one coach of the year this season. He's the AP coach of the year. He shares an agent with Nick Saban. Granted, just about half of college football does, Agent Jimmy Sexton. Uh, But he represents most of college football's uh, biggest names. Sark is one of them, I believe. I want to say Kiffin and Kirby might also be involved in that. So you saw saw over the last couple of days, Dan Lanning announced that he was staying and got a contract extension. Sark is in the process (laughs) of signing a contract extension. Mike Norvell just signed an extension. Of course. This is the work of the agent mastermind behind the scenes. But Alabama gets their guy. And it appears that, I mean, so if you don't know who he is, I'm just hang on to that one fact for a moment. This is the current coach of the year. I mean, he won the AP coach of the year. He won the Eddie Robinson coach of the year this year. Home Depot's coach of the year. Sporting News coach of the year. And the Walter Camp coach of the year. That's a pretty impressive sweep of coach of the year. And that is the new coach for the Alabama Crimson Tide. We've also heard that with 
Coach Saban sticking around. He's got an office in Bryant-Denny now. Yep. And being involved with the program, we had heard that the new coach, because I'd wondered if that would bother a new coach to have the legend you're replacing kind of over your shoulder. And I was told, not in this case, somebody, an insider said, if it's the hire that we believe, they're not going to have any problem with Coach Saban being around. And maybe that's why. Maybe this is the guy that, because they've got a connection, maybe he would be happy to have Coach Saban uh, still involved in somebody, a sounding board. Maybe so. I know Coach Saban said that he was going to remain around the program and keep a, kind of an influence on the program, but not be a part of the day-to-day operations, which I think was probably the best decision considering the fact that, like you said, DeBoer... He might be nervous as all get out, yes, you know, yes. having the seven-time national champion sitting two doors down from him, watching his every move on a right. day-to-day basis. So, But you also have a heck of a person to go to for advice, uh, and, you know, that's, that's not bad. A nice sounding board there. So uh, the news looking uh, like about to be uh, confirmed, and, and a couple of sources are reporting it's confirmed, that uh, Kalen Douglas DeBoer, will be the 28th head football coach for the University of Alabama. Chris Lowe just tweeting out now, deal should be finalized soon. DeBoer has won 11 or more games in seven of his nine seasons as a head coach, was always right at the top of Alabama's list. There you go. There it is. Kalen DeBoer will replace Nick Saban at the University of Alabama. We'll return you to regular programming, and we'll have much more on this to come as Kalen DeBoer will be the next coach of the University of Alabama Crimson Tide. I'm D.C. That's Wyatt Fulton in the Town Square Media Tuscaloosa Sports Newsroom. By Jerry DiNardo. So they were not going to accept Nick Saban, but the reality was uh, the deal was closed. Jimmy Sexton knew he was going to be a hell of a head coach, and... One of the few good things that I think Mark Emmert can look back on and say he accomplished uh, at LSU was bringing in Nick Saban. And he was pretty hard-headed about it. He really felt that LSU needed someone from outside the parameters of the South and Louisiana, specifically, to come in and, you know, weed out those people that were getting in the way of progress within the LSU football program. They politics is always a part of every uh, institution and LSU had its fair share of issues politically in dealing with the head coaching position from the time Charlie McClendon was kicked out by Paul Dietzel and poor Bo Ryan died in a plane crash a few months later after being hired from NC State I mean it was a rotating door not unlike what you saw at Alabama um, in the aftermath of Bear Bryant and, and it lasted, really, uh, you could say that uh, Jerry DiNardo had a little bit of success. Mike Archer taking over after Arnsbarger. Those two guys had a little bit of success, but no, nothing consistent, nothing that lasted for any length of time. And there was, there was always a rub between the AD, the president, and the, the coach. There was always a political problem. And then Nick Saban came in and basically told everybody, get the hell out of my way because I'm going to do this and I'm in charge, which is exactly what Mal Moore wanted Nick to do when he got to Alabama. And you saw what happened at both places. I mean, LSU's golden, LSU's golden era started with Nick, and, it, and it's continued all the way through to this point 
they are a much better program than they ever were, uh, and that includes the 17 years where Charlie McClendon really did a very nice job. He did everything except beat Bear Bryant on a consistent basis. He only beat him twice in his entire career, and that's why they ran him out of town. But All right, Tim. Again, my, 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 fo- my phone is my my phone is blown up here. Uh, yep. Multiple reports. Uh, Kalen DeBoer is now the head coach of Alabama. Well, a home run hire, absolute home run hire. Greg Burns, it's good to hear. Standing ovation for me. Uh, I just think it's a hell of a hire. And you know, Washington certainly didn't want to lose him because they're headed into the Big Ten. They're in the middle of an address change. And uh, the program seemed to be on real solid footing. Uh, but that's been a problem at Washington for really forever, uh, since Don James left. They've not been able to hold on to really good coaches when they had them. You know, Stark was there for a brief time. He left for what he thought at the time was his dream job at USD. Um, and it's been kind of one after the other after the other uh, since then. I think that Coach Pete, uh, Chris Peterson did a tremendous job, but at a certain point, I think Coach Peterson was just, I know, I've had enough. Uh, the Harson thing with Auburn was different because Boise State's infrastructure was a certain way, and it was really that way because of Chris Peterson, and Brian Harson was a disciple of, of, of Peterson, and, and Coach Pete was a no-nonsense guy, and Harson tried to be that at Auburn, and of course, that's just not the way it works. You got a glad hand. You got to press the flesh. You need to go to those meetings. You need to, uh, you know, become everybody's best friend at Auburn. And a lot of coaches don't want to do that. Brian, in particular, didn't. And it was a problem. Kalen DeBoer will have no problem, okay, dealing with um, the fans of Alabama, relating to the uh, media in Alabama. Uh, you're going to find him to be. Um, a very accepting and engaging guy uh, and in many respects will be a refreshing break to some extent from the way Nick uh, carried himself you know uh, on a daily basis in terms of access I this mean, is Caleb really is a uh, very accessible guy this is really incredible what's happening right now uh Kalen DeBoer he, he, DeBauer, he, he he's gaining about a thousand Twitter followers every minute as we speak, <laughs> Tim. And, cool. is, and is it too soon to say from Da Bear to Da Bauer? Oh, no. Da Is it too yeah. soon? Da Bore. Da Bore. I mean, yeah. Well, I'm going to give you credit for coming up with it. Well, I will tell you that uh, yesterday and really for the last couple of days, questions about Nick have come up and, and and I think that this is another factor that comes into play. If what I've heard about Nick uh, you know, remaining in Tuscaloosa or at least maintaining a, an address and uh, maintaining an office at, at uh, the stadium and all that and being uh, someone that people can come to uh, if, if, that's what I, if that's what I've heard and it's correct, as I said, I've been on the road and I've just been reading columns here and there. Uh uh, Kalen DeBoer w- w- will not feel the – he's not the kind of guy that's going to be intimidated or feel the pinch or be concerned with um, the long shadow ca- cast by Nick State. It will have uh, – he, he is very comfortable in his own skin, and you won't have to worry about uh, 
well, gee, who do you think he's going to hire for this position or that position? His, his staff is intact. They will follow him like a legion follows its leader, okay? He is, he is the potentate, okay, of his, of his staff. And they will follow him wherever he goes. And um, that's just the way he runs his ship. And he has a pro-style approach in terms of the way he coaches. If you talk to any college football or any pro football person that's dabbled in college, they'll tell you so much of what his principles are, what his schemes are about on the defensive side of the ball and offensive. It, it, there's a pro mentality to it. So he's ahead of the game in a lot of ways. These are these are coaches that have coached at every level. And and Kalen is um, he's, he's, he's a really good guy. I, that, that, it's just impossible not to like him. So anybody that's Damn. got questions because they don't know him, just give it time. Once you meet him, once you once you see him, you'll be impressed. He's a very unassuming, um, you know, he'll have to get used to maybe the star power that comes from being the head coach at Alabama. He may have to, you know, adjust to that a little bit because of the attention this is going to bring on him. He's, he's not had that before. Uh, but he'll be comfortable in it. Because, as I said, he's very comfortable in his own skin. What about recruiting this area and, you know, having not coached in the southeast? Do you see that as a difficulty? No. No, not at all. Because uh, he's, he, he runs a style of, of, of offense and defense that great players want to play in. And, of course, he's going to inherit a lot of great players, as you well know. And they're going to look at him, especially this is really going to help Alabama keep a lot of that talent when they see this staff coming in, knowing how successful they are, you know, the kind of offense that they've run. Uh, and I'm like I said, I can't imagine that that staff does not follow him completely uh, in there. And, and I think that because he, he coached at the, at the smallest levels uh, in, in, in college football, he, he, he meets everybody. He glad hands everybody. He engages everybody, and he's a incredibly gifted recruiter. Uh, and he's got tremendous energy. Uh, so, uh, and he's a he's he, he does share a common bond with Saban in that he is a workaholic, for sure. He's a guy that absolutely loves every aspect of coaching, just as Nick did. Uh, but as I said before, I think that the, the striking difference will be, um, you know, the, the kind of individual he is when you meet him. He's the kind of guy that sort of blends in and feels comfortable no matter what setting he's in. You know, and I think that's a very important for a job uh, in the SEC especially. I, I, think, um, I think you'll fit in beautifully. Uh, I really, really do. And like Tim. I said before, I was going down this road before, fellas. I tell people this all the time. All right, there's great football and great football coaches outside, you know, the infrastructure of the incestuous Southeastern Conference. How dare you say such a thing, Tim? That, 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 <laughs> that, that, that continually regurgitates the same people. It's like the the Jimmy Sexton cycle. Who do we have next? Okay, uh, I, I, I'm proud of Greg Byrne for stepping outside. And I, I listen. I've been friends with and I've known Greg since. Gosh, he was the uh, just coming up, you know, his, his dad was uh, the athletic director at A&M and prior to that at Oregon when 
uh, I got to know him as a young broadcaster. And uh, Bill Burns, one of the great, great men in college football. And Greg is a chip right off the old block. I think he knew that he needed to get someone that would be fresh, that would be uh, unique and new and could handle the kind of pressure that comes with this. And a lot of coaches that do have those names, those big names that everyone there is familiar with, they were going to have at some point uh, pause over being the guy that followed the guy. Kalen DeBoer is not built that way, okay? To him, this is like, wait a minute. I went to Sioux Falls in South Dakota. I coached and won three titles at the D3 level and now and I'm here man how how lucky am I okay or or to borrow a phrase from Jim Harbaugh who's got it better than me nobody okay that's gonna be the mentality that he brings to Tuscaloosa I'm telling you folks um uh stop the presses all right Lars Timmy B's never been more proud of Alabama on a decision for its future than I am now for hiring Kalen DeBoer. Really quick, Tim, very briefly, if you were to advise yeah. Caleb on what to say in his opening remarks to Alabama fans, what would you uh, suggest to him if you were his speechwriter? Well, <laughs> uh, you know, there there won't be many comparisons to Tim Brando's uh, uh, vernacular to Caleb DeBoer's, but because he's he's not you know he's not the kind of guy that's gonna uh, blow you away with uh, um, you know his uh, his um, speeches his oratories he's not that he's not but he's so convincing he's such a relatable guy I, I, I think a hearty roll tide would get him off to a really good start okay and I think that would really get him off to a really good start I would advise him to, to throw in a, a hard, a, a really good roll tide. I might make a joke about uh, if I get off the airplane and there are fewer than, I might say this, you know, I got off the airplane with Greg Byrne today, uh, just as in 2007, Nick Saban did. I was really sort of hoping that there would be some confetti, some billboards, and uh, maybe a few, you know, five or six women that might want to give me a hug and a kiss. But, um, I, see, uh, I see that didn't happen. But that's okay. My wife and family are good with that. But we're really, really happy to be here. <laughs> you know, you can never go wrong with self-deprecation. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And, exactly. and, he, and, he's, and he's got that, you know. And, and by the way, that's another thing. You know, uh, Saban, he likes to look uncomfortable in, in those situations. But trust me, those of us that know Nick pretty well, he loves that. Okay, yeah. he loved being appreciated and beloved, and he loved arriving as a rock star. You know, after the debacle he had in Miami, uh, that two-year period, especially with the understanding that he, that he passed on Drew Brees for Dante Culpepper, you know, he was not in a real, you know, good place when he left Wayne Huizenga and the Dolphins. And Damn. so when he got off that plane that day and was treated the way he was in Tuscaloosa. I mean, he was just lapping it up. Now, he may have, you know, tried to give a sheepish grin as though he was a little embarrassed by it. Trust me, he was loving it. You know, the, the, Tim, the, the, the woman who gave him uh, the smack on the lips uh, did yeah. get arrested later that night for DUI. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's, 
What, what, was there, any, was there any truth that she was at that golf tournament in Pensacola when Bryce <laughs> no, was... Uh, not uh, just uh, lady. Just curious. No. Yeah, just curious. Wow. I, just, I had to ask. Tim. Yeah, yeah, I know. So that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you so much, Tim. That's actually Tim. pretty funny. Uh, especially when you uh, had to go through all your travel troubles. Thanks, Tim. Happy to do it, fellas. And I wish uh, Coach Saban the best. I, I sincerely hope that he he uh, he takes a look at my suggestion that he become the czar of college football and bring these yep. commissioners together and let them know where the guardrails need to be and what changes need to be made to get the hell away from the NCAA and take college football into the 21st century. Thank you, Tim Brando. When Thanks, we Timmy. return, we'll get a couple of opinions from our callers at 205-342-9904. This is Big Noon Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Clearing and windy this afternoon, the high today 64. Tonight, much colder, mostly fair with a low at 28. Tomorrow and Sunday, partly sunny both days. Highs between 44 and 47. Monday, mostly cloudy and colder. Temperatures falling into the 30s. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 57 degrees in Tuscaloosa. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Greg Burns in 72 hours. I think he's done it in about 50. All indications are that Kalen DeBoer will be the next head coach at the University of Alabama after two extremely successful seasons at Washington. And even if you go down to his years at the Division Three level, he won three national championships. Uh, he's a very, very good head coach. I'd like to get reaction before we wrap up the show, and we'll go to Pat to do that on our phone lines there at Tide 100.9, 1230WTBC. Hi, Pat. Hello, Pat. Hello. I, I, can you hear me? I do now. Hello? Okay. Man, I'm happy with the hire. Uh, if uh, Grub comes with him, that, uh, without Grub, I'm not so sure. Uh, but if Grub's coming with him, what do y'all know? Uh, that information has not been released yet. So I did... Okay, so I did the transfer pool right now is going friggin' crazy. Bad from what I understand, the number one wide receiver from the University of Washington just entered the transfer portal about thirty minutes ago. And oh our you, number one you, receiver just entered the transfer portal. I'm yeah, sick. Yeah, Isaiah I'm sick. did enter the transfer and, portal. Hey, uh it, <laughs> There may be plenty of guys coming from Washington. I know uh, the core of Washington's team had exhausted their eligibility in the last game of the season, but there's still a couple of young guys on that team. I wouldn't be so surprised if they followed their coach to Tuscaloosa. And uh, also, you know, we're hearing Caleb Downs. He may be on his way to Ohio State. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see how that goes. But, yeah, yeah, man, um, I don't, I don't know that our program hasn't been destroyed for the next three years. Oh, that I'm, I'm very, very concerned about his ability to be able to flip Ryan or to get Ryan Williams, yeah, Ryan Williams back into the fold. Ryan Williams is a generational talent. 
please understand that. No, and absolutely. That, is. It, and I think, like, yeah, I think first order of business like, is to keep keep everybody on the roster who's currently on the roster. Uh, and number one is Julian saying, and I don't know if those two have a relationship at all, but um, I think as of right now, Julian saying was the cornerstone is the cornerstone piece of the program moving forward and all efforts need to be to make sure that he is happy in Tuscaloosa. And I know that he and Nick Saban have a very close relationship and I, I'd be surprised if Alabama lost Saiyan, especially now because he is enrolled in classes, but um, we'll just have to wait and see. A lot of stuff to shake out. But, Matt. But, hey, the saying with Williams to throw teeth, would be phenomenal with a, with a good offensive line coach. I think so. Huh? I, I think that DeBoer needs to address those two, maybe not first out of the shoot, but second or third. Pat, thank you for uh, being our caller, and we got to get out of here and make way yep. in Tuscaloosa for quick, uh, one and only Ryan quick, Fowler. Just quick shout out to my number. Quick shout out to my Nebraska boys, Hank Hirsch and others listening in Lincoln. Appreciate it. Ryan Grubb, who he referred to, Pat did, has uh, been the assistant head coach with Kalen DeBoer back to his days in Sioux City. So that's why he was referencing that Grubb needed to come along with DeBoer. Uh, Lars, thank you. Uh, particularly thank you to Noah, Wyatt, and all the people behind the scenes as we wrap up this Friday, this week's edition. Wow, been a hell of a week, hasn't it, Lars? Unbelievable. Yep. See you on Monday, folks. Thanks for joining us. Cashback is not available on.